Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Get up, get up, get up, get up. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Get up, get up, get up, get Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science is now teaching us that everything is energy, and that energy is interconnected and interdependent. In essence, that energy is one thing. I call that energy love. So everything is connected by this energy I call love. And now ancient wisdom and spirituality has been teaching the truth of oneness for eons and science is catching up, but this isn't even new science. The science of quantum physics that talk about, that talk speaks about the unified field theory and quantum entanglement. This science has been around for over a hundred years. And we really, at this point, humanity should know that we are not separated. We are all connected. We are literally all one. And when mankind awakens to the universal truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is Uplifting Yourself in Challenging Times with Monica Campbell. Monica, welcome to the Lake Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I I had Joe on, I mean, Jay. I have a neighbor neighbor named Joe. I think I had Joe. Uh, I had Jay, your husband, Jay Campbell on this show a few weeks ago. And I love, love, love his energy. I love what he's doing with his podcast. And so I I am so honored to have you, his partner, here oh. with us. Thank you so much. Please share with our listeners your journey of, of awakening and spiritual growth. Wow. So I don't know where you want me to begin, but... Um, Wherever I- you want to begin. So... <laughs> I, as a young child, I always questioned my existence, wondering, you know, why I was here, why I was put into this body. Um, And I used to look at other people and think, you know, why couldn't I be as pretty as her? Why couldn't I? And I would even like doubt being a a girl for that matter, because I, my mom used to cut my hair really short. And um, I used to think, was I supposed to be a boy? Because people would look at me and go, what would you like, little boy? (laughs) Well, there was a lot of like questioning about who I was and my existence and, and if people were for me or against me, I felt like most people were against me. I I didn't feel like I could trust anyone. I didn't trust myself. So I I grew up in a very insecure, um, just doubting way. And, and, and as I grew and I experienced life and the challenges I I began to question 
how I could be better and how I could show up as a better person, a better human being. And, and that's where I am today. You know, I, I've, and it's interesting because I don't ever like to be like, oh, I'm a, because I, I started out in, in real estate. I be, was an appraiser. I'm a real estate agent. I've done these things. And, and I feel like what you do for a living really isn't who you are because who you are is who you are. And it's just a means of creating income in this world. Um, but you always bring you into that. And so that's why it's like when I think of me, I don't think of myself. Of, oh, I'm a real estate agent, or oh, I'm a uh, an author, or whatever it is. It's I'm now as as I just turned fifty. I think of myself as an evolving sage goddess. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I love because I came up with the term of who I am. I kind of awakened to who I am, like you say, as who I truly am back in two thousand and seven. But this year, especially the last two months, I mean, two years that we've been going through since March of 2020, I have now come up with, and I have it on a t-shirt and I've had, and if you want a t-shirt, let me know. I'll get you a t-shirt shirt that says, I am a sovereign, divine being of light. And Amen. That's, all, that's the only identification I go by. Yes. Awesome. Yes. So yeah. Shall I call you light? <laughs> you can call it Car- you can call it Caroline because I told you how I got my name and I like my name so you can call it Caroline, Caroline. But also I connected with you I always find this with all of my guests I've done like close to 300 shows now and nice. all my guests there's something they say from their childhood that I I I, I, I identify with now I I didn't cut my mom didn't cut my hair short because I always like my hair long but um I was a tomboy growing up and I wished I was a boy because I saw, I grew up, see, I'm 10, I'll be 60 next month. You just turned 50. I'll be 60 next month. Sensationally 60. Yes. Growing (laughs) up in the mid sixties, I saw boys were literally in, in my surroundings, boys were treated much better than girls. And I had a brother, I had brother, older brother, 18 months older than I, and he was treated like a king and I was treated like a, 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 a step stool. So, I, and I saw that, I witnessed that as a child. So I was like, I wish I was a boy. And then right. I became a tomboy. I didn't like dolls. I didn't like dresses. I would go out and play baseball. I would climb trees. I would do everything. Boy, I would want to look like a boy because I wanted to be a boy. <laughs> so yes, but you're absolutely right. Our identity is not the job that we work. It's not even our name. It's not the skin or the space. I call this a spacesuit because we, mm-hmm. yeah, we change spacesuits all the time, like a car. You know, it's right. not the skin that we we're in. It's not the body we're in. It is who we truly are as light beings. Right. Yes. Yep. Amen to that one. <laughs> and it's interesting what what allows us to identify that throughout our life because so many times, you know, we'll have issues arise or things happen in our life and and we can allow that to to defeat us and to say, you know, I'm less than because of this, or we can look at ourselves and say, how can I be more because of this? And that's when you can expand your light. And that's when you can shine even brighter. And and when we do that, it's, it's so uplifting for ourselves and for those around us that it's, it's, it's almost like we, 
we could say thank you to that challenge, thank you to that issue, because that's what opened our eyes to see the light more and to be more of the light. And I think so many of us, we resist a challenge or, you know, we want life to flow perfectly. Like I remember my mom when she was alive, she would say, I, I just don't want any of you guys to struggle. No, no, I want all you guys to be happy. And I'm like, mom, it's okay. Like in order for us to really grow and evolve as human beings, it's important for us to have challenges. It's important for us to maneuver through it and to see how we're going to be because of it. And, and that's where I think so many of us, you know, we're scared to, to um, deal with that challenge and it's okay. You know, it's okay to have that challenge and grow because of it. You're exactly right. <laughs> and I say that with a smile on my face because I, I do give talks at spiritual centers every now and then. And in my talks, I always bring up the fact, the truth that our challenges are our greatest blessings. Exactly. Because we have created those challenges in spirit. Before yep. we came into this body, we created those challenges to grow, exactly like you said, not just to grow, but to also help us remember, remember who we are. Remember, we are not just this body. Remember, exactly. we're so much more. And by going through the challenges helps us to remember. So my greatest challenge was my son is in spirit. He transitioned um, seven years ago. He's not gone. He's very yeah. much with me. He's yeah. here right now. He has told me from spirit, he is the co-host of the show. Oh, that's uh, so and, beautiful. And I have his voice from spirit on tape and images of him from spirit. He, is he has given me physical evidence to share with the world. He's not gone. I'll send that's you that. Right. I'm not sure. I meant to send that. I have to chills. You. I have chills when you started speaking about him. I know he's with you. Yes. Yes, yes, yeah. Now I'm going to send you that. I have it's on YouTube, a video with all that evidence. My son is still very much with me, and I know that every soul comes into this life in perfect divine timing, and every soul leaves this life in perfect divine timing. It doesn't matter. It's not about age. It's about that soul's plan, that soul's journey, that soul unique plan. Like I said, we plan our challenges. We plan when we're going to come. We plan when we're going to go. All of it is a divine plan and it's not a straight line. Right. <laughs> it's, it looks like a spider web. So yep. free will, because that's people have trouble with that. So how can we have destiny and free will at the same time? We do. Mm -hmm. We make our soul plan before we come down here. But in, in every now moment, we have a choice to go left, are right in every now moment and it doesn't take it doesn't distract from the reason why we're here no matter which direction we go we're still going to end up with that destiny that we came here for right yes. and what a beautiful what a beautiful opportunity we have as you know human bodies in this in this physical vessel you know these we have the opportunity to experience this life yes. and to interact with one another in a way where we're going to grow as a soul. And that's a beautiful experience. It's so much fun to be in this body and to be able to experience things from this body outward. And yeah. we wouldn't have that if we were just a spirit. Yeah. And, and part of that is the challenges, the happiness, the sadness, 
the the love, the fear, it's all part of the human experience. Yes, it is. And that's what we came for. We came here for exactly that. We wanted the human experience. We couldn't have it in spirit. I mean, we could have just stayed light and, you know, and and all of that, but we wanted the experience. And here's the thing, it's God. God, each of us is God wanting to have the experience. And God is experiencing everything there is to experience through us. Right. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing that we get to do that. And when we recognize that, wow, what a gift. Yes. What a gift. Yes. It truly is. And it's so, I know being how I was when I was younger and feeling like I was worthless and feeling like I didn't have a place to where I am today Mm -hmm. is I'm, I'm just in so much joy to know that I like and love being who I am. And it's a great thing to be me. (laughs) It is. You know, I identify with what you're saying a thousand percent because I felt the same way when I was younger. I was like, you know, why do I always felt like I didn't fit in. I always felt like I didn't belong. And I always used to think when I was a child, what's wrong with me? Then I got to the point, there's nothing wrong with me. I am perfect just being me. Now you, I want you to share with our listeners how you got from feeling like I'm nobody to feeling like you're feeling now. So share your journey with us. How how did we get from point A to point B? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Caroline, let me tell you. Um, I I was the third of four children. My my parents had four of us within three years. And then my dad left three weeks when my younger brother was born. He bailed, he's an alcoholic. And so my mom raised the four of us on her own. Mm -hmm. Um, She was born in Mexico. So probably I would say her educational level was maybe third grade um didn't really read very well didn't write very well so um she was she felt like she was forced to go on welfare and Mm -hmm. you know she stayed home with us as long as she could so that my brother could go to kindergarten and um and every now and then my dad would come back because my mom came from the whole belief system of when you get married you're married for life Yes. So if my dad wanted back in the home, regardless of whether or not he was a drunk or violent or whatever it was, she would allow him back in. Right. So we grew up with this, um, you know, not knowing, you know, what's going on with our dad with if he was around, they were fighting. If he was around, was he drunk or was he sober? Right. And if he was drunk, we didn't want to be around him. Right. And, and then my sister was like the blonde child in a Mexican family, because, you know, in, in a Mexican family, um, at least in my mom's Mexican family, like right. this blonde girl was like, wow, she should be a model. Wow, look at her. So she had like this long, beautiful hair and she was tall. And then there was me, <laughs> short hair, brown hair, awkward, yeah. like just, I, I, it was it was the funniest thing. And then my sister and my, my little brother were both sick a lot. So my mom put a lot of attention into them. Right. And so I think, you know, there was a lot of things of me like feeling like, okay, well, I'm not important because I'm healthy, you know, and they have, they need the attention. And then it was also to seeing my mom go through the emotional trauma. And I'm sure there was gestational trauma as well, because 
her realizing who my father was as she was having these babies, right. because, you know, she has my sister, yeah. you know, she finds drugs on my dad. She, she finds out he drinks a lot. She finds out all these things. And then, right. um, you know, so all of those things happening and then, you know, him cheating on her or him coming home, like yeah. these continuous things. And then me going, um, I remember um, going into high school and I didn't start my period till I was a sophomore in high school. Okay. And so I, all these girls are starting their period and they're like, yeah, oh my God, you know? And I'm going like, please don't ask me if I started my period because I still haven't started. I think there's something. And then my mom's like, there must be something wrong with you because you haven't started. So it was like always this message of something is wrong with you. Okay, well, not- I, I got to <laughs> jump in here because I, I got to tell you, I was an early bloomer as far as my period. But here's the thing. I had, did not know what a period was when I got it. Yeah. I'm not, I thought I was dying. I, I got it in the middle of the night. Thankfully, it was in the middle of the night and not in school or something. Yeah, thankfully. I got, I'll never forget getting up thinking I was dying. I, I mean, there was blood. I literally had never heard of a period. And this is how my mom handled it. Okay, this is in the, in the uh, I guess this is the early 70s. Uh, this is how my mom handled it. All she said is she she went to the corner store, got a box of pads, and back then those were those bulky, thick pads. Yeah, it's diapers. Thick. Yeah, like diapers. Yeah. She get, gets a box of pads, gives it to me, and says, you're going to have to use this once a month. That was it. That was the extent of my period conversation. Right. Seriously. Okay. No, yeah, that's how it would. I remember, I remember a girl asking me because even my sister, when my sister started, my mom wouldn't tell her anything. My mom felt like she couldn't talk about any of that stuff, so she wouldn't say anything. So my sister thought something was wrong with her too. And then I remember before she had started, like a bunch of kids, we were all talking, and they're like, "I know what a period is," <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, it's a punctuation at the end of a sentence." And they were like, "You don't know what it is." I'm like, "You're wrong," and like we're arguing about it because I'm like. It's a punctuation. <laughs> oh, it's so crazy. It is so crazy. But honestly, I everything I learned about period and sex, I learned from my peers. Exactly. Nothing from my mother. Okay. Yeah. No, my mom found my birth control pills when I was 18 and she's like, Monica, what are you doing? And I'm like, Mom, what do you think I'm doing? You know what I think you're doing. Mom, say the word. No, you know what I think you're doing. I said, Mom, it's called sex. Say the word. That she just looked at me like you <laughs> I could have never well I never did use birth control but I could never even have that conversation with my mother ever not even as an adult it was like it was Isn't like interesting had poo so yeah. then how were you were how were you with your kids because I attended different and then did, oh. they re- did they receive it or did they resist it no no they received it I tried, honestly, I, as a mother, because I have a daughter and a son, four years apart, I got married at 17. I married my first boyfriend right out of high school. I, because I, I I know why I got married. Not that I was so much in love. I got married as an escape. I wanted to escape home and getting married was a way to escape home. And so I had my children, had my daughter when I was 19. I had my son when I was 23. And shortly after, two years after my son was born, my husband and I divorced, they're separated because my, my husband 
who was um, Chinese Jamaican. That's where I get the name Chang from. I was wondering. <laughs> yes. my, my husband who was Chinese Jamaican, and I kept the name because I had two children. I didn't want my name to be different than my children. But um, after my husband and I, he, he married me at 17. So he married a girl and he right. wanted me to stay a girl. But eventually uh -huh. that girl grew up. Okay. Right. And when we, when I grew up, we grew apart, which was right. fine, but no, I was totally everything. I felt that my parents did wrong. I tried to do right with my, and I, so I raised my two, like I was similar to your mom. I had two instead of four raising uh, two little ones on my own, but I, I tried to nurture a really a, a closeness between them because me and my brother were never close. So I really encouraged my two children to be close. And as soon as my daughter was like nine, I think I set her down. Here's the fun. Oh, you just run me. This is funny. I set my daughter down at nine years old. You know, my her brother is what well, I guess he's five. Yeah, because they're four years. So she's nine, he's five. Okay. But I so I I take her to the side in her room, sit her down, give her the talk about, you know, period and where babies come from and all that. And then you know what she does after I have given her the talk? She takes her little brother, her five-year-old brother, takes him and she gives him the talk. I just gave her. Oh probably confuses the crap out of him. <laughs> oh my God. But he's, she's like, okay. I was like, oh, I got to tell you what mommy just taught me. You know, I'm like, oh, oh my God. But they're a big sister. So, yeah, 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 yeah. They were, the thing is, they were very, very close. And they are very, very close. Um, even though my son is in spirit and she's still here in the physical, they are very, very close, always have been and always will be. And yes, she was like the big sister explaining to him about period and, and sex at five he was only five years old but it was like so I was told me raising my kids were totally opposite than my parents raising me and yeah. I I do not fault them I have they're both in spirit um I have nothing but love they did right. the best they knew exactly exactly yeah. yes. exactly and that's what I realized too there's, there's so many lessons in, in this life. Like even with my children, I attempted, <clears throat> I wanted them to know how loved they were and how yes. special they were. And I'll tell you a funny story with my oldest son. I used to tell him cause he had a freckle on his finger. Uh -huh. and, and, and when he was little, I'm like, wow, Evan, I've never seen another person with a freckle on their finger. You're so special. Yeah. Wow. And so I was attempting to help him understand like, and, 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 and in a funny way, like I did it in a way where I could have just said you're special because you're special, you know? Right. Um, but I was, I, I just noted that, that freckle, cause he always wanted evidence, you know, like, right. you know, show me or whatever. And then he, I remember this one day, you know, he came home and he's like, mom, I just saw someone else with a freckle on their finger. I'm not that special. And I'm like, oh, well you are special to me. Yes. You're still special regardless of someone else has that same freckle. <laughs> We still laugh about it to this day. Yeah, they 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 call me extra yes. because I do everything extra, and and it's that comes from me not feeling like I was enough, and I want them to understand that they are enough, that they are worthy, that they are love, and and luckily I succeeded with my oldest and my youngest. My middle, unfortunately, through the divorce, there was parental alienation, and he didn't speak to me for six years. Mm. 
So um, he wanted nothing to do with me. And my ex programmed him the way he felt was necessary. And that is to not have self-worth, to be insecure, and basically to be who I was when I was growing up, which is right, right, you know, right, less than. So yeah. my middle one is the one who's attempting to maneuver through that and to build up his self-confidence. Mm-hmm. And now that we're, we've been speaking now for about almost three years, I think now, okay. which is awesome because, you know, and it's, it's interesting because I can really see the difference between him and my older son, mm-hmm. where you realize the importance of a parent in a child's life, especially in their formative years, because yes. he didn't have the love of his mother, even though I was doing it energetically and I was sending him love energetically, he didn't have it in his life. Right. And then he was programmed in a way that was not uplifting for him. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just, it's interesting to look and see the dynamics of every single one of us, every single one of us and how we view life from our lens. Yes. And then that also shows how we show up in the world. Exactly. You know, exactly. and that's, yes, that's it's yes. crazy. And we, we're all so different, you know, like even, mm-hmm. you know, the, my daughter gave me the biggest gift when, you know, one birthday, she said, mom, you gave me the best gift you could have ever given me. And that's for me to actually love who I am. And she was like, thank you. And I just like brought tears to my, I mean, think about uh, it. I was, crying I was like, that's what I've always wanted. I wanted her to understand that being her was enough. Yes. And, and even in high school, when she, um, I remember we would lay in bed and we would talk and she would say, mom, why do people want you to grow up so fast? She's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to grow up. It's, I want to be a kid. I said, babe, be a kid. You don't have to be like anybody. You can be you. She's like, people want you to use drugs or they want you to drink. And I just want to be a kid. She would go to school in like sweats and a, and a t-shirt, you know, and put her hair up in a bu- uh, bun like this. And she'd just yes. be like, if you don't like me, it's okay. You don't have to like me. Don't look at me. Yeah. Uh, and that, you that's know, great. That's but, great that you gave her that self-confidence. Cause I know, like I said, I was especially middle school and high school. I went through that awkward stage saying, yeah. feeling like I wasn't getting feeling like, Oh, everybody else was so much better than me. But, and you went through that, but you gave her that confidence to be who she is, which is great. Right. And that's because we would have, I would allow her to express like insecurities or feelings and then ask her how she feels about it. What does she feel like she can do? How can she show up? What, what would she want to do? And I I realized that so much of my childhood was parent, my mom telling me who I needed to be my, you know, or when my dad came back in our life in high school, it's like all these rules and restrictions about what you couldn't do because you know, this is what, now that he's in our life, this is how it has to be. And, and I realized like so much of how we evolve is us recognizing ourselves, what's true for us. And it's not somebody throwing it in your face and being like, this is what you have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. It's us awakening to wait a second. This isn't right for me, or this works for me. And, and when you have that realization, Mm -hmm. that's when it, anchors in you it doesn't anchor in you when you have somebody telling you all the time oh you got to meditate every day because you have to if you don't meditate every day then you're never going to get connected it's like you have to have that inside of you where you're like you know what? I want to connect to God and I want to connect to source and I'm going to meditate because mm-hmm. this is what's good for me right exactly. that's when you truly allow yourself to be 
who you know you are, as opposed to like feeling like you're pushed into it all the time. Yes. And also with that, because I, a lot of people say to me, I can't meditate. I can't quiet my mind, which is okay. And I say, that's fine because there's, it's basically what I call meditation is doing what you love. So if you love running in the park and running in nature and you're in a meditative state, if you love dancing, if you love painting, if you love playing music, whatever, if, Anytime you're doing what you love to do, you're truly in a, you're connecting with your higher self. So if you don't have to sit there and for me, I love to sit and meditate, especially in nature when I'm out by the lake and I, all I do is focus on my breath and I know it's okay. If my mind starts to wander, then I will, I don't beat myself up. I'm like, Oh, wait a second. Let me go back to focusing on my breath. I don't that say bad you you weren't meditating you started to think about something no never beat up on yourself if you're meditating and your mind starts to wonder just gently say oh wait a second let me go back to focusing on my breath and and it's so it's all about doing what you love because that's what we came here to do we came here to do what we love and so sometimes just a sitting meditation just doesn't resonate with everybody, which is okay. You know, right. do what you love to do. And that is a meditation meditation in itself. Right. And and what, what happens too is in our society, we're so addicted to distractions. And, and think about it, like we'll drive and we turn on the music because mm-hmm. we don't want to listen to our thoughts. Mm. We we have to talk to somebody while we're doing something. We like there's always a distraction. I moved, um, Jay and I recently moved and I moved an hour away from my marketplace and that's with no traffic in California. And you know, with traffic, it could be anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours. Mm-hmm. There's times I'll do the whole drive with no music on. Right. I'll have the windows down and I'm listening and enjoying that moment of actually driving by myself and being by myself and listening to my thoughts and just like, wow, this is so cool. Yes. It's so yes. cool that I can drive my car and I can get to where I need to get to. I don't have to walk. I can actually, I have my hands. Like I go through this like mental, um, you know, process of just being in gratitude or even listening or sometimes, you know, I'll talk to my mom who's passed on, you know, and ask her for guidance or ask her for something, you know, because, you know, when we, like you say, your son's still with you and our loved ones are still with us. And so many times I just be like, mom, you know, it'd be really cool if you could just give me a sign and every time she gives me a sign and my when my mom passed away she wasn't we were not on good terms she was actually we actually hadn't spoken or seen each other for a year and we had always been really close and I remember um when I saw her right before she went back into surgery um that was the first time I had seen her in a year and she was angry at me. She was angry. She didn't really even want me there. I could tell I knew. And I just held her and I said, mom, I love you. I'm sorry. It, it was like, even thinking about, it, I want to cry. Cause like, yes. I never thought that my mom would die in that way where we would be upset with one another. Right. And so like, there's that part of me that had wanted to feel, Oh, I have to be guilty or I have to feel like shameful or whatever it was. And, and I realized that it doesn't have to be that way. Not at all. Not at all. Not and, at all. and, you know, I was meditating one day and I, and I asked to feel her and Caroline, 
I kid you not. Well, she came to me a few times. One of them, when she was in the hospital, because she, um, she was actually, um, she had surgery. She didn't need to have surgery. The doctor told her she had to have a tumor removed. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom was like, no, 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 I need to take it out. I need it out of me. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't sew her up correctly. Mm-hmm. And she didn't realize that she wasn't sewn up correctly. So, you know, as she started eating and started living life, whatever, all of these, these toxins, poisons entered her system. And then by the time she realized what was wrong, she had sepsis and, mm-hmm. and she ultimately went into a coma and died. But when she was in the ho- hospital in a coma, I remember like sensing like a cord attached to her spirit and her wanting to be let go from it, mm-hmm. but she was connected to all the machines. So there was no way she could. Right. And, and during that time, my whole family was, um, wasn't speaking to me. Mm-hmm. And so my sister was angry at me. Um, my father just had started talking to me because all that had happened. And so there was all of this, like, like just drama going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. I was very like isolated, you know, nobody really wanted me around, but they would allow me to sit with my mom for like um, certain periods. And so when I was there and, you know, and I was talking to her spirit and I was, you know, sensing these things and I knew she wanted to be let go, right. um, but my sister wouldn't allow it. But when she passed, so like before she actually passed, she came to me in a dream mm. and I saw um, my one brother um, it was this dream about me and my one brother and, and we both were like crying. And when we looked up, we looked at each other and we both said, I'm really sorry. I'm so sorry. And that dream happened when she died mm-hmm. we were at the mortuary and that happened. And I was like, yes. Oh my God. Cause I had told my other brother about it. I'm like, Mark, I had this dream about Jerry and I, mm-hmm. and I was so taken back when it had happened. I was like, Whoa. And then the next time when I meditated and I, it's like, we as human beings feel like we have to torture ourselves, exactly. whatever, when things don't happen as they're supposed to happen, you know, like, you know, and my exactly, mom, yeah, exactly. so now I have to torture myself and be miserable the rest of my life because my mother died upset at me. And that's not, you know, not when, true at all. No, it's not true at all. And then when, when I asked her to come to me in that meditation, I kid you not Caroline, I had this whole, it was like, a blanket falling on top of me of pure love. And it was so like such a feeling of warmth. And I had to, I cried these tears of joy. It wasn't like I was sad. It was like these tears of joy, like, wow, this is what love feels like when we allow ourselves to actually feel it. And she taught me so much through her death of like, what is possible and, and how death is an invitation for us to be more and to explore more and to share love in a way we never thought was possible. And, and so now I thank her for showing me and giving me these lessons because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, like I still have family members on my mom's side who cannot be around me. Mm-hmm. They blame me for my mom's death. Mm-hmm. And so I see them and I know that they're still living in their physical, egotistical existence of shame on you. You are a demon or whatever they want to call me because you know, they, that I basically killed my mom. Right. I, and, I understand what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. And so I've, I've got to just, when I, when I see them, I remember this is about love. They're in fear right now. 
allow them to be who they're going to be. I don't have to force myself on them and I'm not going to force myself on them. They've got to deal with what they've got to deal with. And so right. I, don't, I don't push myself on them. It's not, it's not important for them to accept me. They don't need right. to. Exactly. Well, what you're talking about is what this show, my show is all about. It's unconditional love. It's right. unconditional forgiveness. I had just days after my son passed, my son's funeral, my cousin said something horrible to me. And I just, you know what I actually did? This is a great therapeutic or something people can try if they if it resonates with them. I actually wrote one day, I had a, took out a big pad and I wrote down the names of everybody I felt hurt me. And I say, I felt, because in truth, we're all one. So mm -hmm. it's just us hurting us. There's no separation. And we wrote the script. We right. actually, there's a great book that um, I would love for everybody to look up is a children's book. The title of the book is The Little Soul in the Sun by Neil yeah. Donald Walsh. Yeah. And it explains that when we're, before we're born, we asked our soul family to be mean to us, to say these horrible things, to do, we asked them to. We wrote the script for them. So what I did, here's something great people can do if they want to. Take out a piece of paper, write down the names of everybody in your life that you think hurt you. Now, what I did, and then you write a thank you note to them. And the thank you note to, for me was just, thank you for being who I asked you to be, even if they right. did something horrible. So, and I actually sent those thank you notes to some, not everyone on the list, but to some, I actually, my cousin who said something horrible to me right after my son transitioned, I, I saw her at her dad's funeral and I actually handed her a thank you note. And the thank you note just said, thank you for being you. And I didn't put, because if you say, thank you for being who I asked you to be, like, <laughs> their head. Wait a minute. So I just said, thank you for being you. <laughs> so, so you have to word it where it doesn't, you know. Yeah. They, they, you know, so I, word, I just said, thank you for being you. And and still to this day we have not. She I handed her the thank you card at her father's funeral. She still has not said a word to me. I you know I still email because I'll send family group emails and she's included. She'll never respond. But what you have to do with your family because no one ever is to blame. There is no such thing as accidents. Even if it's a even if it's a drunk driver that hits your kid. That wasn't an accident. That was planned in spirit between that driver's soul and your child's soul. It right. wasn't an accident. And, and that's, what, that's where unconditional love and unconditional forgiveness comes from, right. knowing, and you really, you're um, doing yourself that favor, your soul, that you're giving your soul a gift when you release any animosity, any anger, any hate towards anyone in life. When right. you let them go, you just automatically forgive them, send them love and light. You don't have to physically send them the, the card or you don't have to physically email them. Just send them from wherever you are at, wherever they are at, send them love and light, surround them with love and light and say, I forgive you. 
and let it go. You are giving yourself a blessing and blessing that other person and in turn blessing the world. Right. And you're also the burden off of your shoulders. Exactly. So many of us don't realize how much is in our energy body from things, you know, situations we're not willing to let go of. Like I meet people, even in real estate, like I'll meet people and they'll be like, like even recently I had a transaction where um, there was five siblings and the mother had recently passed away and they all held resentment against one another mm-hmm. for, oh well, yeah, when she moved in with me, she didn't clean up after herself and I was tired of it. So now I don't trust her. And it's, it's like, wait a second, like mm-hmm. that's all things you've been holding on to this for yeah. how long? Yeah. And this is in your energy body. Yes. And, and these, and then they were wondering why they got sick or this was happening. And, and it's interesting when you, I, I've learned so much how to observe mm-hmm. rather than absorb what people are doing because, you know, we, we can even, um, the, the great thing about doing real estate, you, you learn how to deal with rejection mm-hmm. and not to take it personally, personally, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not always about me and why they're rejecting. Sometimes it's what's going on in their own life. Exactly. And when you sit with somebody and you ask them the questions and you explore what's going on from a loving place yes. and you understand that, wait, this, they're having their own challenges and they're attempting to maneuver through this. How can I show up in the most productive way possible for them mm-hmm. so that I can be a contribution to them right. rather than, you know, somebody who's here, like just, this is all about me. It's all about me type of thing. Right. And so it's cool to recognize those things and, and, and see how so many of us will attach to the story of the pain right. rather than the story of the healing. Exactly. When we still have, we have the choice. Yes. We have the choice. Every, that's the free will I was talking about. And every now moment, we can choose to hold on to pain and hurt or we can choose to let it go and love and forgive. Right. That's what, and understanding from the higher level, there is no separation from you and that person. So yes, and in every now moment, I always talk about the now moment. And I thought about that when you were explaining your drive, your long drive by yourself with no music or, and you're, you communicate with your mom and you're, 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 you know, you're being, you're being present is what right. you're doing in that now moment and do you really now one of my favorite other favorite books is the power of now by Eckhart Tolle and do we as human beings do not realize how much of the time we're in the past our mind is in the past or in the future you know we're regretting something in the past or we're hoping for something or worrying about something that has not happened right. and when we're when our mind is in the past our future we are not living we are not, when you're not present, you're right. not living. And exactly. when you take, the more you're present in the now moment, appreciating being thankful, like you were saying in that now moment, being thankful in that now moment for the littlest thing, for, right. for you know, just anything, for the fresh air, for water, just the littlest, tiniest thing when you're thankful in that now moment and then responding with love and kindness in right. every now moment. Is. And it's, it's, it's so beautiful when you could do that. And then I, I don't know about you, Caroline, but there's times, I mean, we're human, right? So we're yes. going to have down moments and we're yes. going to have moments where we feel like, well, what's going on? And, and, and even like, it's, it's funny because like last night 
I, I stayed up late and I watched a movie with Jay because I never watched TV. <laughs> he was like, what's going on? You're watching a TV show with me. And so I stayed up to like midnight and I'm usually in bed by 9.30. And this morning I woke up feeling just tired, like yeah. um, dragging, like I was dragging. And, and um, I'm taking this class of medium, mediumship and I did that. I did that class. And then I went outside and I literally went there for maybe three minutes. And I just focused on my breath. I allow the sun to hit me. Mm -hmm. And I just observed the nature around me too. And I took a shower and I'm here on this call and I feel so good. And perhaps it's our energy flow. Yes. 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 I feel so much better. Awesome. And this morning we were at the gym and I was dragging. I'm like, Wow. Yeah, and I have those days. I gotta drag myself, but I have a home gym and I have a playing fit fitness membership. And sometimes I'm sometimes I'm up early. Like yesterday morning, I was up at six thirty. Getting the gym down, like in the morning, I do like to do my home gym. In the evenings, I like to go to Planet Fitness. But I, I got up this uh, yesterday morning. I got up and I was like, oh, oh, oh yeah. And then this morning, I'm like. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, definitely. It's definitely. So that's why I always say it's in, in every now moment. So we have the beautiful choice, free will choice in every now moment. If what we quote unquote say we messed up a moment ago, forget that moment. Right. You have the now moment to mm -hmm. be because the now is the only thing that matters. That past right. moment doesn't even matter. The future yeah. hasn't even gotten here. That your power, everybody's power lies right here in now and every now moment. Right. And that's, I should say, amen. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, so, so think about it, Caroline. Think about how many people, you know, and I did this, I did this too with, with my ex. It's like, we make decisions on even a partner of who we're with right. because of the past, exactly. because of what we experienced as a child or we did or the lack that we had as a child and so we choose this and then we we continue this pattern of chaos and of you know unworthiness or whatever it is because we're still living in the past exactly. and we're not living in the now and and so many I, I see that with so many people and I go well we're married and we have kids so now we got to stay together or yeah. whatever it is you know and, and 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 then if they divorce they they beat themselves up because I'll never be able to find anybody. I'll be by myself forever. And fine, if you want to be by yourself, be by yourself. But if you want to find a mate, why not forgive the past right. and allow yourself? That's when, when I divorced my ex mm -hmm. and I allowed myself to work in and on me and I allowed myself to enjoy being me and to know love, that's when I was ready to actually meet somebody else because I could share that love with somebody. But I wasn't coming from a lack of like, oh, I need somebody to feel complete. And that that's is so, 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 so true for what you're saying. I have been single for at least 21 years. I, I mean, I, my husband and I, we were married eight years. I got married at 17. I, I think I shared that with you earlier. Um, but, and that only lasted eight years. We grew, we grew apart. Then I had a longer relationship with my fiance. We had, a, I had an off and on relationship with my fiance for 12 years, which was even wow. longer than my marriage, which seemed more like a marriage than my marriage. Right. And thankfully we didn't marry, I mean, get married because that would be a second divorce. And <laughs> one divorce is going to I always said, I always said, I do not want to go through two, two divorces. So no, that was good. But I, 
separated from my ex-fiance in 2000. So wow. I have been single and I have to say, I have the happiest I've ever been in yeah. my life. And I have been single for 20 years. Okay. I'm not saying, now see, I'm not saying that if, Mr. I don't even like the term Mr. Right. If I meet my life partner, the person I'm supposed to be with tomorrow, that would be great. So I'm not saying I don't want, but I'm going to love me. Yeah. I'm going to live my life to the fullest because I know I am whole. I'm not a half a person looking for another half. You know, exactly. you know I'm looking for my better half. No, nope. no, you are a whole person. Exactly. And until you can love yourself right. and enjoy your own company, that person that you really want to be with is not going to show up. Right. You gotta, you've got to be whole. You've got to be complete. You've right. got to be filled with love. And that other person is just going to add to that, but not be the half you're missing. Right. You're not missing a half. You're not a half a person walking right. around because you're single. <laughs> you're more than enough. You yes. are more than enough. And yes. that's a beautiful knowing to have. Yes. Because if it ever happens where somebody decides to get into a relationship, that's where you know you're going to choose intentionally yes and that's what's important so many people will come from the perspective of, i just don't want to be alone and being mm -hmm. alone is a beautiful gift it's a beautiful thing it, it really beautiful. is you know what though my awakening came because i was alone exactly I, because i'm the type of person if i'm in a relationship i give so much to that right person that I don't give to myself and I my entire awakening happened because I was alone because right. I was still still quiet and started to love myself that's exactly. how I that's how I awakened yes solitude is a beautiful it is it's, and, a, and, it's and, a beautiful gift it's a beautiful gift when more people are okay with that I think I think that's part of our peace protocol is people being okay with solitude yes you know, we think you know like that's where i think like even social media has created this illusion of you know you can't be by yourself you have to distract yourself constantly yes. and, and get yes. into people's lives and know what's going on and yes. no you don't have to you know no. you know but yes no 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 it's so so true and i i share it all the time i'm so i'm much much happier now than when i was married i was very young and then when i was in a, a long-term relationship with my ex-fiance i'm so much more happier i'm so much more at peace i love me and i'm yes. not saying i i say that to say i'm not saying i would not want to have a relationship but the it has to be right first of all we have to, the the spiritual knowing and yes. the spiritual development has to be the same. Yeah, right. I could not be in a relationship with someone who was asleep. <laughs> I, just, I couldn't be in a relationship with a sheeple. Yeah, right about that. And so far, I like my husband. <laughs> and so far, you know what? I'm not, I love our conversation because so far everything can go on YouTube. We know how YouTube says it. And we haven't talked about anything that you two will want to censor. So it's all good. It's all Yay. good. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But yeah, no, no. It's it's I I know, I know that time, first of all, time is an illusion. So it doesn't matter when it happens. Um, when a, a perfect divine timing 
the right person will come into my life or not. And it's okay either way. I'm right. good. Yeah. <laughs> is your daughter is your daughter married or my daughter's engaged she's um I live in the Poconos which is northeast Pennsylvania and she's in New York which I've never lived in New York I'm not a city person wow. but she's engaged she lives in New York with her fiance Oh, yes. wow. So I was going to ask you if you had grandkids yet. But no. I do have my 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 daughter who has never been married, has a son. I, I, my grandson is 11 years old and oh, he'll cool. be he'll be 12 in March. Um, so my daughter did have a son out of wedlock um, um, 11 and years that, ago. Yeah. <laughs> so and I do have a grandson. That. Yes, 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 yes. I just assume. Yes. See what happens when you assume you make an ass out of you and me. No, it's fine. It's fine. My daughter is actually 41. She's not a baby. Oh, wow. Like I said, I got married young. I got married at 17. And I had my daughter when I was 19. I had my son when I was 23. So I got married young. I had my kids young. So my son Kyle just had his uh, 37th birthday um, just before Thanksgiving. Just a, a week ago or two weeks ago. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So do you I mind was, me asking what happened to your son? Well, he um, he was born with a hole in his heart, which is common. Oh. They call it a heart murmur. But there was no worries about him when he was born. He was the healthiest child. Never went to a doctor. Played football. Ran. Did, I mean, I could not. You couldn't hold this boy down. He was just all over. Awesome. The place. So that when he was born, doctors said that um, I had no worries. Um, this it'll close within a year or two. No worries. Okay. At his one year old checkup, it hadn't closed, but doctors still said no worries. Had it, uh, a two year old checkup, I think it still hadn't completely closed. But we were there. Was doctors said not to be concerned, and actually, I, I'm glad no doctors ever told me to be concerned because I wouldn't have. I'm completely holistic. Um, uh -huh. I've been completely holistic since '98. Um, I don't believe in Western medicine at all. Um, mm -hmm. And I know my son's life, he lived it out the way he was supposed to live it out. He was extremely health healthy from zero to 26 years old. When he was 26, he was diagnosed with congestive heart failure and doctors did not know why. I knew why as a mom. And yeah. I'm thinking that that hole must have never actually closed completely. And if you have even like the, a microscopic hole in your heart and you get a cold, your heart could actually get infected and get weakened. So when he was 26, he was diagnosed with congestive heart and he didn't live the healthiest lifestyle. He smoked. I don't even know where he got that from, but he didn't from, you know, kids in high school smoke. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. smoked. He did not eat healthy. His first job was at Wendy's and he uh, must have ate like he went, he went from a toothpick because he was naturally thin. He could uh -huh. eat whatever he wants, never put on a pound. He was tall and thin. But when he started and he he lied about his age to get a job at Wendy's. He was 14, but because uh -huh. he was so tall, he <laughs> lied and said he was 16. So he got this job at Wendy's and he would eat at Wendy's every day. And that's the uh -huh. only time he started to put on weight when he was eating at Wendy's every day. So he started to put on weight really, really fast, but that's a, he helped him to play football because he was so big, uh -huh. you know, he was a big guy. Um, and um, so he lived a very, very healthy 26 years. Um, he, the last three years of his life, he didn't die right when he got diagnosed, but uh, he lived for three years longer. Actually, um, I do, I have a story. Oh, I've got to show you this book. 
Um, it's uh, We Touch heaven. heaven, because I actually, this is an award-winning book that just came out this year. I wrote a chapter in this book that oh, nice. will um, tell you about my journey with him the year he was diagnosed, where they said he wasn't going to live, but he did live. He lived for three years longer. And that mere, I, the chapter I wrote is Miracle on 20, I'm sorry, Miracle on 34th Street. Wow. One of my favorite Christmas movies. But the reason I titled it Miracle on 34th Street, he was in, had to be medevaced to Philadelphia and he was in the hospital that was on 34th Street in, in Philadelphia. Doctors told me he wasn't going to live. And I tried to kill myself. That was in December of 2011. He ended up pulling himself off life support and we both went home. We went home on December 30th, the day before New Year's Eve in 2011. And I made a promise to God that day, the day I brought him home. I said, God, I don't care. I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. I will never, ever, ever stop thanking you for allowing me to bring my son home. I actually whispered in his ear. I said, Kyle, get better so we could both go home because I was in the hospital because I had tried to kill myself. And he was, I was on 24 hour suicide. Wow. And, uh, but that day that, that uh, they let me visit with him about an hour a day with supervised visit. I whispered in his ear. I said, Kyle, please get better so we can both go home. That night he pulled himself off life support. It was a true medical miracle. He was completely fine. And two weeks later we went home. So from that miracle, I said, God, I will never, ever, ever. And that was December 30th, 2011. I will never stop thanking you. And I've never broken that prom promise. Good. Even when he got ill again, three years later, got ill again, ended up back in the same hospital. And mm -hmm. within three months, he transitioned from open heart surgery. They tried to do a bridge surgery, but their, their surgery went well, mm -hmm. but there were complications. Um, a week after the surgery. Again, he ended up on life support. The last thing Kyle said to me physically was he was being willed into that surgery. And he said to me, mom, I don't want you to wait alone. And what he meant was he knew, I never told him about my suicide attempt. He knew it instinctively. I never told him about it. Um, and what he, he was worried about me, he's being wheeled into open heart surgery. He's worried about me waiting in the hospital waiting room, the surgery waiting room alone. And I ended up waiting, it was, uh, I wanna say nine hour surgery and I was completely alone. Um, but at the day, the moment he transitioned, I was at complete peace. I was at peace because I knew it was his soul's time to leave his body. I knew he was not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. I, and I knew that it was a soul plan that he and I made. I was reading the book, uh, Your Soul's Plan by Robert Schwartz, who was my first guest on this show oh, uh, awesome. back in 2015. Yes. Matter of fact, while Kyle was still on life support during the time he did pass, I was communicating with Robert Schwartz um, by email in the ER in the ICU room with Kyle. Um, I was telling Robert what I was going through, my son's on life support and all of that. But uh, I, I truly was blessed with a medical miracle. Right. And from that medical miracle, I was able to be at peace when right. he actually did transition. Yeah, right. and I, I explained. So 
that you can read all about it in detail. We touched heaven. Okay. Yes. We touched heaven. Yes, we touched heaven. Yes. So, but um, yeah, no, it's it's all good. It's all and I'm gonna make sure you have a copy of it's a 13-minute video where you could see you can hear Kyle's voice from spirit and you wow. can see images of him. And all of those were gifted. Um, those were gifts from the guests I've had on my show over the last, I've been doing my show almost seven years. And you were saying you're studying mediumship. Please look up Suzanne Giesman. That's the class I'm taking. Okay, then you're in the right spot. (laughs) I, I have to, I cannot say so. She gifted me my first mediumship reading I had with her. She was my guest on my show. She gifted me that reading on Kyle's birthday in 2016, which happened to be Thanksgiving Day. Kyle's birthday is November 24th. So sometimes his birthday is before Thanksgiving. Sometimes it's after Thanksgiving. Sometimes it's right on Thanksgiving. She gifted me a reading because Sanaya told her to. Sanaya said, you got to do this reading. What happened during that reading is how I got Kyle's voice on tape. And she didn't expect it. She was blown away by what happened. And I was blown away by what happened. Hey, my birthday is November 26th. So I get the whole, almost Uh, Thanksgiving Yeah, you get the, sometimes your birthday's right on. So this year, your birthday was the day after, right? Yes. His Kyle's was the Kyle's day, it was the day before. Yes. So you're a Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving has always been my favorite holiday. It's my favorite holiday yet because it's a time for us to reflect and and show gratitude. You know, like so many people want to go, like, oh, well, this happened and that happened, and and these people were like abused. Or look, we still have a choice of what we're going to focus on now. What do you choose to focus on in this moment? I am grateful. I have food. I am grateful. I have the capacity that my body can process that food. Can you imagine? And I don't have to, you know, I don't have to be fed through a tube. I can, and and my body knows how to release whatever is not needed. Like there is so, in in every single moment, there is so much to be grateful for when we allow ourselves to connect to that. Exactly. And so we can keep saying, oh, well, my ancestors were like this, or these people were murdered. And right. To me, it's like even breast cancer awareness month, like, you know, they they say, you know, focus on breast cancer awareness month or raise awareness. But to me, it's like, wait a second, if you're focusing on breast cancer, then then you're creating more breast cancer. You're creating more breast cancer. So why not focus on healing? Healing. Why not make it a healing month? How can we all send more energetic healing light to one another how can we yes. enlighten one another rather than keep continuing talking about illness sickness like right now everybody's so focused on disease sickness you know germs <laughs> come on dude like I, laugh. I, laugh. I have been living on cloud nine since march 2020 the last, almost two years, the last 20 months, I have never been happier. And it's because I'm looking, I can see what's going on in the right. 3D realm, but I am living in 5D. I right. can see it. I can send love and light to it. I can, but I, like you said, in every now moment, it's what you choose right. as a sovereign divine being of light what you choose to focus on, because what you choose to focus on, you are creating. Exactly. You can choose to focus on the negative, or you can choose to focus on all the wonderful blessings there is in every now moment. 
Yeah, there's so important. And there's so much. And it's a blessing to be on this call. It's so great. I've had the greatest time. (laughs) I got it. I don't, I've been to California, let's see, twice in my life. I think twice. So I got to get to California. California. You have the best time. <laughs> Come to the crazy Casa Campbell. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So please, Monica, now um, share with our listeners how they can find you online. I know Jay has a presence, but however, you know, however you want them to find you, let, let our listeners. Well, that know. is a very good question. I am... Uh, I am like Jay keeps telling me I've got to have some kind of a show or, or some kind of a YouTube presence. I don't have really much of a YouTube presence yet. That's okay. Um, I did new write year, a book. We're right. We're at a new year. New year's coming <laughs> up. Yeah. Um, I wrote a book called Cracking the Fountain of Youth Code. And oh, I awesome. do have monicacampbell.com, which, but you know, mainly people want to reach out to me, Monica at monicacampbell.com. Okay. And then you can, you can find me on YouTube, but there's a lot of Monica Campbell's. So right. It's not, it's right. Yeah, so I think it's like Monica Campbell. Um, well, you're going to send me the link and I'll have the link okay. below this video. Yeah, there that's we go. Always solutions, right? Yeah, there's a solution for everything. This has been so much fun. And I can't wait to get to the West Coast to hang out with you and Jay. Yes. That's going to be fun. Yay. <laughs> Come on down. When they allow us to fly again. So. Yes. Well, you can, hey, at the driveway, be pretty too yeah. yes it would be yes yes, but yes i told, yes. Jay, I told yeah. you always drive if we have to and he's like i'm not gonna drive that far i'm like yeah. uh fine <laughs> i would you know what i wouldn't i would love to rent an rv and just drive cross country really just yeah. stop you know stop at all the nice places so yeah and you can even do calls from your rv too like yes. you can you that can, would actually be fun to do. Exact. That would be very fun to do. Exactly because now RVs are equipped with um, internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can do, I could definitely, I could definitely live on the road. I mean, <laughs> I think that would be a fun thing to do, just to yes, experience it, like at least for maybe six months or something, just to yes. see. You yes. could always have a home base. Of course, of course. Yeah. Very true. That's so come true. to Kelly. Let yes. us know. I will. Well, <laughs> wait a second, though. Do I want to come to California right now? You have no, news. No, probably not. News. I don't know. Actually, actually, I'll wait till the wait till the awakening happens more before. But I, where we live is actually pretty chill. Um, okay. Not, people like aren't really. Um, hyper focus on mass or any of that stuff like I know LA County is a lot different we're in county and over here it's a lot less um constrictive oh well that's great because you know what though I did go I was in California this year New Year's Day I went to Huntington Beach to yes to speak at at rally yes I did I flew to hunting I flew into LAX and I I stayed in Huntington Beach and I noticed this was in January of 2021 there was hardly anybody wearing a mask in Huntington Beach right Orange County is different too yes but once you get into LA County it's completely different okay I got you'll get these looks if you don't wear a mask like somewhere they just look at you like you have this like bubonic plague or something Well, here's the thing I love to brag about. Every time I've flown, I've flown, been on a a plane five times this year, of course, on the plane itself, 
I've had to wear the mask. But in the airports, in all of the major airports, I never, as soon as I'm off the plane, the mask comes off. I walk through that entire airport. Nobody says a word to me. And I'm just perfectly, LAX, I did it. Newark Airport, where I flew out of. Seattle Airport, Dallas Airport, every airport. Miami Airport, trying to think of the five airports I was in. All of the airports I've been in, Inside the airport, they do not bother you. And I didn't even get, I thankfully, I don't even get weird looks. I've never worn a mask unless I'm sitting on the plane. And right. I, you know, I have to, I don't want to get kicked off the plane. But um, <laughs> other than that, <laughs> I've never worn a mask and I've never had a problem. But you know what? That's also vibration. Yeah. I surround myself with love and light right. and people feel that. Right. And I don't get, I got no problems not wearing a mask the last 20 months. I don't do the mask thing. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting because you're so right when it comes to that, because you, every now and then you might run into somebody who's just like, who's the mask police. But <laughs> when you are, and you, you do that intentionally, you surround yourself in love and light. And, and even with, um, like germs, like people are, if, if people are so germ phobic, they're going to get more germs. Exactly. You, no. you There's attract nothing. exactly, exactly right. what you're saying. You attract exactly what you're afraid of. So uh-huh. if you're afraid of something, you're bringing it closer to you. You're like, come to me, germs. Right. You know? exactly. And people yeah. don't realize that. And so yeah. it's like, you can't fear everything in life. And, and no actually- fear. see, here's the thing. I, that's why I, that when you know who you are as a sovereign divine being of light, meaning you are God in a nutshell, you are God in a cell. Meaning I love Rumi's Rumi's quote, you are not a drop in the ocean. You are the entire ocean in a drop. Each one of us is all of God, not a piece of God, but each one of us is all of God in a drop. And when you know that light breathing, what is there to fear? What exactly. does God have to fear? Exactly. When and you it's, understand that. Yes. And it's such a beautiful journey. Yes. Get to know yourself, to yes. get to like yourself, to get to enjoy Love yourself. Right. Imagine, through. imagine going through this whole life hating who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's where so many people use, and you can see it in people's demeanor and their posture, how they speak you can tell when somebody doesn't like themselves. Exactly. And, and it's a, you know, and, and that's when I, when I see someone like that, I just send them love and, and I'll do that. Light. I do that continuously because yes. it's like, and, and, and then treat them with kindness too, yes. because sometimes those people, they're just going through their own inner battle. And yes. our job is not to sit here and judge and condemn people. Our exactly. job, like I keep telling Jay, like, you know, sometimes I, I feel like our um, lesson is, compassion and empathy compassion and empathy like instead of looking at that person and being like why are they like this you know like all these people you know they're 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 experiencing life in this way that's part of their journey that's part of their journey journey. that's part of their journey and all we by us showing them kindness and love and sending them love and light and healing send them love light and healing and showing them kindness we are doing so much for that soul to help that soul realize, because in truth, when anybody treats us badly, like say your family that are blaming you for your mom's passing and my cousin who said something terrible to me after my son's passing, they're, they're in pain. 
Yeah. You know, it's not us. They're mm-hmm. just projecting their pain, pain out on us. So we send them love and light to help them heal from yeah. their own inner pain. So yeah. yes, we have to remember who we are and always walk in every now moment in that knowing of mm-hmm. who we are. Yes. So very, very true. That one. This has been that great. One. Yeah. I, I want to... I want to just pause for a second sure, and I want to sure. just send you love and light oh, because yeah. you're an amazing being and I am so fortunate to be basking in your energy field. Thank you. Thank you. That is so sweet. Thank you. Love you so much. Give Jay a big hug and kiss for me. <laughs> I will. I'll make it a wet smooch. <laughs> Very good. Thank you so much. We'll, we're definitely going to stay in touch, of course. Of course. And, and, and definitely, I'm going to get to California again. Come on down. I'm going to have some fun with you guys. I can see that. Yes. Come on down. You can meet our whole crew. Awesome. Our, dog, our dogs are funny. We have like a... Um, we have like a little hyper old dog and then we have this like depressed pit bull. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's going to be fun. That's <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Yes, thank you. Definitely. We're going to be in touch. Thank you. Okay. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.